All right, today we're, in, we're still in the book of Ephesians. Uh, and the book of Ephesians, it just, it's how to live an effective Christian life. How many of you want to be effective at being a Christian? I know I do. I want to, I'm teaching on evangelism in our Bible school. And I, and I told him, all you got to do is ask the Lord for an opportunity and he'll bring it to you. So we prayed that night. Next day, the Lord brought me an opportunity. So that was really awesome. So today we're reading out of Ephesians. The title of my message is The New Man. And we're going to read out of Ephesians chapter 4, verses 17 through 24. So if you'll stand with me for the reading of the word this morning. <clears throat> Beginning at verse 17. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart, who, being past feeling, have given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanness with greediness. But if you have not so learned Christ... If you indeed, you, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man, which corrupts according to the deceitful lust and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man, which was created according to God in true witness and holiness. Dear Heavenly Father, as we come into this time of your word, I pray that you speak to our hearts today, that Lord, that we would be charged up by the power of the word, that we would truly put off the old man and walk in the newness of who Christ is in us. Lord, I pray that you just bring a refreshing to every one of us here today, that Lord, that we would just celebrate who you are in us in Jesus name and everybody said amen you may be seated wow what a, what a powerful charge that Paul brings to us out of that word today amen the world today is so trying to muddy up that line between being a Christian and being a Gentile and the church the church itself as you look at the church wide not not the new, but just the church in general has become very lax and been trying to fit in the world that we're not to be a part of. We're called to be in the world, but not of the world. Amen. We're not, we're not called to look like the world. We're not to conform to the world standard. So when the government tells you that you should be this one way, you need to check if it lines up with the word, because if it doesn't, then you need to stand up, amen, and be a little rebellious against what the government's telling you to do. <laughs> and Paul, in this passage, is being very forceful with his comments, and he's right. But let me ask you this, and I'm really looking for answers from you. You can speak out, but shout out, because I have a hard time hearing because of the fan. But if I turn the fan off, it's going to get really hot. What does a new man look like? Now I'm asking you, what does a new man look like? I can't hear you. Huh? Young? 
Well, in your case. <laughs> Say it again. Change man. A new creation. What? Peaceful. I can't hear that little soft voice, Sandy. God's love. Different. Strong? Hopeful? You know, that's our mission statement. Hope for the city, hope for the world. And God wants to bring hope to people, amen? But there, there is a new man should look not look like the world, but be different. Ultimately, the new man, he or she, you know, man in that gender sense, is to look like Jesus. Look at your neighbor and say, you look like Jesus. It's pretty quiet in here. Come on now. We're to put on the character of Christ, amen? We're to put on Christ's character. And Paul's very clear about what we're to do with our old man. He says, put off the old man. Put him off. Get rid of that guy, amen? But the thing about the old man is he doesn't go away. He's always with you. That old guy just likes to hang around. But the thing about, <laughs> we're just to put him down, amen? I'll give you words that you can understand today. We're to impeach him. You understand about that, right? So the idea is you kick your old man off the seat of power, okay? You take away his authority. We, we always have to make that decision though to keep him down it's an everyday decision of how i'm going to live my life because that old man it's like a jack-in-a-box you know he just likes to pop up once in a while to see if the coast is clear you know and you got to shove him back in the box and close the lid on him amen you can't let him just keep popping up around you got to close the lid on him and not give him the authority that he wants in your life and you know how you do that fast choke him out choke him out to where he just he's so weak that he can't have a a voice in your life at all you got to choke him out you know and so when we fast and when we pray to god when we seek his face when we really just go after the lord when we're fasting and praying that it makes that old man weak his voice will grow silent and then obedience to the Holy Spirit and the word of God will make the old man's voice grow silent. See, when you get the word of God in you and you have the spirit of God living in you, that is supposed to encourage us to rise up, to be obedient to the voice of the Lord, to walk in the things of God. So when the old man's wanting to pop his head up, we just cut it off. We just need to do that. So we just need to cut off that old man's head sometimes. We can't give him that control. And we're at the point in time right now where you have to make a decision on how much of that old man you're going to let live. I'm not talking about your husband, ladies. 
talking about that, that little voice inside your head that creeps up every now and then and says, you know what, it'll be okay if you do this. That little voice that says, you know, you have a special relationship with the Lord. It's okay. Go ahead. That's a lie from the pit of hell. That's short bus special. I'm not kidding, man. That's, that's craziness. That's where you're living in a lie, in a lie and you don't want to live there, amen? And the old man only has control over you what you give him. He can't rise up and say, I'm going to do this. You can, because you have every right to say, no, you're not. But you got to make the decision on how much of the old man you're going to let show. Because that old man will pop up out of nowhere. You'll be like, I thought I was done with this. I haven't done that for 20 years. Where did that come from? He's lurking. He's waiting. He's looking for opportunities to rise. And that's why we have to always be aware. That old man's always with us, but we got to keep him down. Amen. We've got to make that decision. I'm not going to give you control over my life. And we've got to put him away. It's time we get off the fence and go all in with Jesus so that the new man comes forth like a light that can be, I mean, you know, when Moses came off the mountain, dun, dun, and he shined. And they, and they were like, man, put a cover over that thing because it was so bright. You know, it freaked the people out. We need to be that way. We need to be that light. That you, you live in the light, that you're children of the light, that you let your light be shined before men. Because Jesus declared, he said, he said, you're the light of the world. I mean, we, we recognize him as the light of the world, but he, he says, you're the light of the world. And then he would say, but you're the light of the world. He would say, you're the light of the world. He said, you're the light of the world. And so he's calling us as the light to be able to turn it on and not turn it off. You see, one of the reasons why Moses had to put a cover over his face because his face grew dim. He didn't want the people to see the dimness come. And we don't either. We shouldn't allow our lives to grow dim because that's when the old man comes back. That's when you start thinking them crazy thoughts you know, that you gave up when you were, um, when you came to Jesus. I, I was talking one time, I know I was preaching, you know, when I, when I got saved when I was a kid and, and I had all these rock and roll albums, you know, I had every Led Zeppelin album, I had Black Sabbath, I had all these albums, music. My dad would tell me, there's no way you can understand what they're saying. I'm like, dad, I know every word, you know. And uh, I'd put one speaker here, one speaker there, turn it up full blast, and I'd lay down in between. And my dad would be like, what are you doing? You know, it's, it's probably what I do now. What are you doing? <laughs> you know, the older we get, it's like, what are you doing? But when I came to Jesus, I got rid of all. I got rid of every album that, that was not godly, that was just spewing junk. I got rid of them all. So you know what I don't do, Susan? I don't go back and see these guys at 70 years old playing again. <laughs> you know, because I, I see guys, Christians, pastors even online going, oh, I went and seen this band tonight. I go, oh yeah, I threw him out 40 years ago. 
you know, because our light has got to shine, amen? Nothing needs to just diminish our light. We've got to keep that light turned up so that people can go, man, Pastor Ron's the same as he was 30, 40 years ago. He's got that same fire, that same zeal, that same passion. They told me when I was younger, you better slow down. I said, why? They said, you're going to burn up. I said, I'm going to burn up for Jesus then. You know, you, you got to keep pressing into the Lord. You know, so Paul in writing to the Ephesians in, in the first three chapters, he, he's telling us what we have in Christ. And it, I, you can go back and listen to them online. They're all online, the first three chapters. And he laid out the spiritual privileges that we have when we're in Christ. Then he calls us in, in chapter four here to be unified and mature, a mature body of believers. We're to be mature, amen. We're to get along. We're to love one another. Because how can we spend eternity together if we don't like each other? We might get there and Jesus goes, yeah, I don't like you either. <laughs> so when he says, he says, therefore, at the beginning of this, he's telling us where we should be in our walk with the Lord. We should have them first three chapters, them spiritual things that he's given us. We should be walking about. We should be united with each other, building one another up in faith, encouraging one another, amen? That's where we should be. And then he covers some tough things. He says, don't act like the rest of the Gentiles do. Don't act like the rest of the Gentiles do. Now, back then it was used to describe you know, the Jews and the Gentiles. But today it's more of a description of atheists or pagans or, or those that, that don't believe in God. So when, when you come into church, I would encourage you, take your mask off. Because yeah, when we come to church, y'all dress up, y'all look good, we smile real nice. We act like nothing's going on bad in our world, you know. But I saw when I said, hey, how many of you in a battle right now? Almost everybody's hand went up. We're all going through stuff. And you, when you come to church, you should be able to say, I'm going through something, God. Come on. Fight this battle for me. Don't when you come to church, don't hide who you are. Let it be known, man, this is my battle. When I was younger, I thought I was good at wearing a mask. You know, I'd bring my wife, my kids to church, and you know, my kids had frilly dresses, and they had little fur coats. They, they looked so good and everything, and Delanda and I would come in hating each other and smiling like we were so in love. You know, we fought all the way to church on that 22-mile drive we used to make, and we'd fight all the way here because we were late, and I hated being late. And, and then we come in the door and I'd smile. I'd be like, oh, it's all good. I wouldn't smoke on the way to church because I didn't want to smell like the cigarettes, you know. So I'd come in and I'd be all perfumed up and I'd be good. I think I had it pretty well masked. 
But then my kids, they'd go to children's church and they'd ask prayer requests. They'd say, oh, please pray for my dad. He smokes, he drinks. (laughs) (laughs) So you're thinking you're doing a good job hiding who you really are, but your kids are uncovering you. (laughs) Or your mama's calling for prayer. Thought I could hide it. God brings it out. Listen, God brings things out not because not he wants to expose you. God doesn't want to expose you. He doesn't want to uncover you in front of people. God doesn't, he's not looking to embarrass you in front of people. But he knows this. If he doesn't uncover you, you'll continue. He wants to uncover you so you can be healed. So you can be delivered. So he'll point it out. So that he can get you to a place where you, you can get healing. He loves you so much that he doesn't, he knows that when we're on certain paths that it leads to death and destruction. And so he wants to do what he can. He'll do what he can to, to get you off of that path. I remember my mom used to pray, Lord, do whatever it takes to get Ron. I'm like, oh, come on, mom. Don't pray like that. <laughs> but he did. He did whatever it took to get me. And he got me. I mean, I sat right where Mark was sitting. And man, the Holy Spirit fell on me one day because I still came to church because I, I put my mask on. I'd come in and I'd look good and I'd sit down. And, and then the Holy Spirit fell on me one day. And, and oh my gosh, I had to take the mask off because I couldn't see. Revealed who I really was. And I ran to the altar and I gave it up. And from that day on, it changed my life. I got out, I put my old man to death and I put on a new man. And God loves us so much that he wants to put the old man down so you can walk in the new man and celebrate with him. He, he brings up a word in this passage. He says, he's described the five traits of futility. Futility, everybody say futility. It means emptiness or purposelessness. That's what he says the Gentiles walked in, futility. And then he describes it. He says they have darkened understanding. They're looking through a lens that's dark, negative. They're alienated from God. Not by God's choice. We don't get alienated from God by God's choice. We do that on our own. We alienate ourselves. And then he says that they were ignorant, ignorance of God's way of doing things. Then he says a hardened heart. Back up in there in the passage, it said, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanness with greediness. See, an unfeeling state means to have ceased to care about what they're doing. And this is where the immorality is tagged in the lewdness. That that's what he's talking about. You don't care anymore. You don't care what other people think. And I think that's a lot 
of where our society is today is that people don't care what you think about them. They don't care at all and they're gonna do what they wanna do. And that's an unfeeling state and that's a dark place. So this brings us back to putting off the old man. And there's an urgency in Paul's statements here. It's, it's not a, a casual thing. Hey, you know, you probably shouldn't do that. There's an urgency. You need to stop. It's got to stop. And the, the reason for the urgency in doing this is that the old man grows so much more corrupt as time goes by according to that deceitful lust that it's harder and harder for a person to come back from that. It's harder and harder for God to get through to a person to say, you're going too far. I remember, Mark, when I was sitting right there, God said to me, he said, this is the last time you will feel me. You're going too far. You're playing too much. That darkness has got you. He said, if you don't repent today, you never will. Oh, I was crying so hard. Then the Lord, Holy Spirit spoke that to me. And then the pastor, he stood up and he said, there's somebody here today. Today's your last chance. I'm like, oh man, he knows. <sighs> and he, he, he said everything the Holy Spirit had just told me. I got up, I ran out of my seat, and I threw myself on this altar, and I, I, I just begged God to take it all away. You know what? He did. He took it all away in an instant. I asked him to take away my, is my mic cutting out? I asked him to take away my smoking, my drinking, my foul mouth, and he did. I mean, like from a Friday to a Monday, I was a different person. And from Friday to Monday, the old man, I cut off his head. I went to work and I went and apologized to everybody for the way I had been acting. And I was a new man. And so I've been walking in that new man for a long time now because I just decided I don't want that old guy anymore. Amen. I got to get him down. I got to get rid of that deceitful lust that had gripped me and I got to cut it off. How far do we want to move away from God to try and get back? God's all powerful. And there's no problem for him to bring us back, amen? It's when we get that to that unfeeling state that we don't care anymore. It's not hard for God, it's hard for us. It's hard for us to get back there. And this is where, like I said, we can pass that road of no return. We don't ever wanna go that far, amen? We never wanna go that far. But Paul tells us what to do. It's in verse 23. It says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Come to Jesus and cast yourself on him. Amen. 
Don't hold back from him. Take off your mask. Say, here I am, God. Here I am, God. Put on the new man, which is created in God. Amen. Take, take off the old, put on the new. As the scripture said, old things pass away and all things become new. Don't just act it out. Do it in true righteousness and holiness, Paul says. Do it in true righteousness and holiness, amen. The Message Bible explains it this way. It says, and then take on an entirely new way of life, a God-fashioned life, a life renewed from the inside and working itself into your conduct is God accurately reproduces his character in you. Letting God produce his character in you. Not old man character, but godly character, amen? That's what he wants. This is the way. God will do it. He'll do so much for you out of love for you, amen? He loves you. He loves you so much. And he wants to help. All you got to do is ask for help. He's willing to shape us into his image because he loves us. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, here we are before you. Lord, you know every person in this house. There's nothing hidden from you. You know, Lord, who has a mask on and who doesn't. You know who needs to remove that mask today to give it over to you. You know who needs to put down the old man and let the new man come alive. So I ask Holy Spirit that you just speak to each one of us right now. Speak to our hearts and our minds and help us today be honest with where we're at with you, Lord. With every head bowed today, maybe you got too much of the old man hanging around and you need to put him off today. And you need to let the new man come alive inside of you today like never before. Even if you know there's a little bit of old man in you creeping out. I want to pray for you today. So just raise your hand and wave at me if you say, amen, amen. I need to get rid of the old man. Amen, 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 amen. You know, I, I bet if you were honest with yourself, everybody would raise their hand because <laughs> we all got a little bit of that old man that we need to get rid of today. So why don't we stand today? Holy Spirit, you saw all those hands that went up today. 
know how tired we get of that old man. You know how tired we are of fighting against him, Lord. But I pray today, God, as people have been honest, that you would come and you would fight the battle for us. That, Lord, that we not have to fight that, but we just surrender to you today, Lord Jesus. Everybody say, I surrender. We surrender, Lord. We surrender so that you can have your way in us, Lord. And I pray, God, that today be a day of victory for each one of us, Lord. That, Lord, that you lop off the head of our old man and all things become new for us, Lord. That your character would just come forth and our light would be turned up a notch, God. Now, Lord, that we would shine and that we would let our light shine. Father, I thank you for every person here today, God. And I pray, Lord, that as we go our way today, that Holy Spirit, you strengthen each one of us. That we have that strength to say no to the old man and yes to the character of God. Help us to make righteous, right decisions every day. And we put off the old thing. Lord, we would put off that old thing we've been comfortable with that we know is wrong. And that God would arise in that area. Just touch us today, Lord. Touch us today. This is the God of second chances today. He's given you another chance. And he's saying, just let it go and come to me and I'll make a way. I'll make a way. I'll make a way, says the Lord. But you have to let go. You have to make the decision. So Father, I pray for that strength today to come to each one of us, Lord, that we do things your way and not our way, like the character of Christ would come alive inside of each one of us. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen, amen. Could you be seated for just a minute? I have something else I want to share.